the recording has already started. So whenever you guys are ready. Great. Thanks, Crystal. Um, good evening, everybody. This is um, what is approaching, I think, our last uh, or the end of uh, this deliberation process. Uh, this is the hearing on 728 Randolph Avenue, 40B application. Um, our last meeting was on February 21st, and since then we've received some documents. Um, usually, I like to say what we've what we've got uh, a new combined uh, plan set from the applicant, uh, along with an updated waiver request. Uh, we've received uh, comments from TetraTech from Sean. Thanks for joining us, Sean, back from New York. Um, and uh, I think we had hoped to get a uh, a draft of a decision from Judy, but Judy is swamped, and so. Um, we'll have to get that at uh, some point down the road. Um, before we get into um, the waivers and uh, further discussion about the application, I, I should ask Stephanie if you um, have anything that you want to comment on the revised plan set, if there have been any changes since maybe the last hearing we had. Uh, hi, good evening. So I think that um, what I was proposing um if the board so inclined is to have deb kind of just walk through what those adjustments are on the plan set um of anything and then if there's any questions relative to the plans or if uh sean has any comments that we want to discuss and then from there um if the board wants to uh address the waivers this evening i'm not certain and uh i think probably that's it for this evening with the desire just to kind of underscore that we would hope that prior to the next hearing that that draft um, is circulated in advance. So everybody can take a look at it, uh, be prepared to comment on it there. So if that works for you, um, I'll turn it over to Deb. Yeah, that works great, Steph. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Deb Keller with Merrill Engineers. Uh, if it's okay, I'll share my screen and just briefly go through the minor comments that we made on the plan set. Absolutely. Thanks, Deb. Okay. So um, I'm just going to skip through to the plans that we made changes to. Um, existing conditions stayed the same. So site layout, I'll zoom in just briefly. Um, with some of the discussions that we had at the last hearing, we made a couple of flips here um, so that we could move the dumpsters over uh, farther away from uh, the abutting property. Um, we removed the uh, access drive connection in the rear per discussions with the fire department. Um, we did update the site uh, site signs um, throughout. The speed sign was uh, in particular the one that we adjusted back to 25 miles per hour. Um, let's see. I think that was it on the site plan. Uh, Grading-wise, uh, I cleaned up some of the grading uh, over near the intersection. That was a comment from Sean. Thank you for catching that. Um, he asked that we uh, switch out the trench drain that we had at the end of the access road to two catch basins. Um, I think that's probably easier for uh, maintenance purposes. So that was swapped out. We did look at and make sure that we had the turnaround um, at the end of the access drive uh, location. Um, I think that was basically it for 
land changes, I'm just going to skip through to um, the detail sheet so that you could see we did update the traffic signage information provided by McMahon. So that is all updated on the plan set. Um, we did um, follow through the landscaping plan, make those same adjustments that were made on the site plan. We did uh, pull back the screening here to make sure that we had, um, this is just showing you the limit of the pavement, the existing drive, gravel driveway does continue. That would, that'll all be maintained um, for that turnaround uh, along the existing driveway for um, the Driscolls. So we did verify that um, this is all outside of the actual right-of-way, uh, existing right-of-way that's on, on the property. And then I believe we have the uh, no changes on the um, architecturals that I'm aware of. So that, that briefly gets us through the changes. Um, let's see. I did identify some of the waivers. Um, I think it. Uh, I added a few with respect to the access road. Um, just for... Um, trying to comply with uh, planning board regs. The dead end street uh, limit is 500 feet. So, we, and they would want a 50 foot cul-de-sac at the end of a dead end road uh, via the planning board rules and regs. So we're asking for relief there. Um, the discussions that we've had, potential continuation of the road moving, access road moving forward um, and providing uh, a turnaround uh, acceptable to the fire department. Um, one for maximum grade on a curve. We do have this uh, very wide curve here. Um, planning board rules and regs say 6%. We're at 7.6%. Street trees along the roadway. We, we did discuss this. That, that is a, a section in the planning board rules and regs. Again, um, in lieu of running along the existing uh, town property here that's all wooded, um, reducing the street trees on the southerly side of the access road. And um, I, I am asking for, because um, trying to keep the grading minimal along the southerly side for the discharge points of the drainage for the access road, um, we're looking for two and a half feet of cover over the drainage um, versus three feet, which is the rules and regs. And then I do believe it's uh, also in the waiver list, but we are looking for relief um, with regards to the access road for the wetlands uh, bylaw and regulations. And I think that's it for me. I'm happy to answer any questions. Would you like me to leave the plan up? If you wouldn't mind, yeah, I have a couple of points I just want some further clarification on. Um, sure. Your last two points, one was relief from the uh, wetlands provisions of the bylaw. Can you speak more about that? And forgive um, me if you already have. Nope. Uh, so I can hop onto here. So there are wetlands on the down gradient town property and we don't uh, we don't need it for the proposed project, but to do the improvements on the road, we would there is a, um, a culvert that goes from this wetlands across from Randolph Ave onto the town property here, which obviously gives you the 100 foot buffer here. So 
to do the improvements along the access road, we would have to file with uh, conservation. I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe conservation would allow us, since it is road improvements, to file an RDA, but we haven't haven't gotten through that process yet. But I think we would just like to um, ask for relief to allow this um, the road improvements to be proposed through an RDA. Okay. Um, and what was your penultimate point about the two and a half feet versus three feet? Sure. Um, so let's see if I can get to, I'll show yeah, you. If you, could, if you could let me know where, where that is, because I couldn't find it in any of your profiles where the, the low cover one was. Okay. Let's see. I, maybe I added wrong and I don't need it. I thought that it was this center one, um, which is sort of uh, the low point midway up the access drive. So we have a rim of um, 107.9 minus 104.2. So I have three points. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, I'm deducting 1.2 for the pipe, and that gives me two and a half feet of cover at these catch basins here. So there is potential to, to lower that if we could lower the outlet. I was just trying to keep all of these outlets as close to the roadway as possible and not encroaching in on the town property to do those discharge points. Um, so keeping the drainage as high as possible to do that. Okay, and what's the purpose of keeping them higher? So, so that um, if I go lower here, then I have to push this outlet um, farther into the town property for discharge. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So I'm just trying to minimize the amount of impact. Um, uh, this one's okay because it's right next to the culvert that comes across um, through the intersection from the opposite side of Randolph. Yep. Um, but uh and and this one here from the let me see if I have the topo, you can see how it does it does it slopes down um, from the topo that we have. But I was trying to keep it as tight to the street as possible. Okay, um, and the reason for that is because the the, the ground um, slopes away from the roadway, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, when. Uh, with regard to the grading along a curve, um, is the grade 7.6 grade the entirety of the road? Is that what it is, or is it a certain section? No, it would just be this first section here. Okay. So, know? and it is it is flatter than, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it is flatter than what's out there now. We would be proposing a flatter slope. Do you, can, do you happen to have an estimate of how long that grade is, I mean, where does, where does the, uh, so it's about peak of that. Sure. It starts about, um, 75 feet in and ends at 225. So if I do my math, that's about 150 feet, correct? Okay. Yep. <laughs> that's what I got to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's late in the day. Sometimes my math gets fuzzy. Um, can you, when you, oh, I just one question about the turnaround on the right of way. Mm -hmm. um, 
you use the word maintained, that that gravel part would be maintained. You mean by maintained, you mean left there, right? It won't be maintained by the owner, right? Correct. So I don't know if you can see it, but there is sort of like a dashed line here, which is the continuation of the existing driveway coming up um, the gravel driveway. So we pulled back the landscaping so that this could be retained, retained, I should say, not maintained, retained so that we could allow, um, allow for that clean turnaround enough room there. Okay. Um, And then finally, there was significant discussion last hearing about the signage on the access road. Um, Correct. I know you mentioned the signs just now, but was there any change to the size of the signs on Randolph Ave or, um, you know, I guess any changes to the signage at all? So we did change. Um, we originally had, uh, it was requested a, uh, for a 10 miles per hour speed on access road. That's now shifted to 25. Um, I know we talked about um, changing the signage on Randolph Ave. I did not see that change in the updates from McMahon. And I would suspect that's because um, it, 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 it's really up to MassDOT uh, as to what signage they will allow. Um, yep. And so no other changes to the signage were made. We still have a stop sign um, at the drive, the, the proposed residential driveway. We did, um, there's an access road street sign and I thought we had a stop sign, but um, I apologize. Nope. So it's the street sign at the entrance um, at the light of the access road. And the speed signs, there's a signal sign, uh, signal ahead. Um, and then the signage at the end turnaround which I believe was all the same as previously um, presented. Okay. And this is something that I don't think was discussed last time. Um, and I kind of lost the thread on it, but the school bus pickup that would be on the access road. And I know that the um, school commissioner or somebody within that group um, said that they would run a bus down the access road. Am I correct that there's no, there's not going to be a, a bus stop per se, but uh, the pickup would just be somewhere along the access road? Um, yes. My understanding is they asked to make sure that a bus could just make this turnaround, which they can. Um, and I, I would recommend that we do have the sidewalk coming along the access uh, road and we have our access ramp um, coming up. This is would probably be a good spot for the kids to wait. Okay. Um, and there, and, and there is a sidewalk in these, in, the, in these plans. It looks like there is. Yes. It runs the full length of the access road up to our proposed driveway. Okay. Um, those, those are all my questions, uh, but I'll turn it over to Mr. Mullen and Mr. Gray uh, to see if they have any questions. No any questions for me. I think where we landed up on the sides on 28 were, the board would like signs, but it would be subject to MassDOT's approval as to that, you know, what they would say and the size and location. I, the point I made is I think it should be signed because I think it, it could be tricky to get there. That's all, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, the um, 
I wonder if Tim could address the issue of coordinating with the ONCOM and the issue that's a weapons issue, and whether it's a local issue or a state issue. Um, uh, with, without kind of understanding, I, I don't have at my fingertips kind of the 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 differences between our local bylaw versus the the state yeah. bylaw yeah. um you know there is I, i've looked at the plans there is you know a portion of the 100 foot buffer that is you know within the new roadway um that would um and and deb correct me if i'm wrong which i may be um would require some type of an action by the concom under the state wetlands protection act um maybe you can kind of talk a little bit more in detail about what that procedure would look like, if that's all right, um, through the chair. Yes, that would be, that would be nice to hear. Thanks, Tim. Um, Deb Keller again. Uh, yes. Um, the, the hundred foot buffer, since there are, is work, it does trigger, um, a filing with conservation and DEP. And, um, I believe what we were hoping for is that since it is roadway improvements. And for the most part, if I zoom to, okay, so this, so you can see you clip it a tiny grading in the upper hundred foot buffer here. So that's minimal uh, encroachment. Uh, the closest would be down at the intersection. And since that's something that we cannot move, uh, we're sort of fixed with the intersection. We would hope that the commission would work with us. I do believe, um, if I'm correct, they have a 25 foot no disturb, which is uh, above the state uh, regulation. Um, I think that's the biggest difference between um, the two, which I, I believe we would be encroaching obviously in here in this area for this work in that 25 uh, foot no disturb. And, Maybe yeah. we can address it when we get to the waivers, but um, sure. I don't think, uh, Tim, you correct me, I don't think we've been waiving CONCOM requirements on these matters, given the enforcement role of the CONCOM. I, I, I mean, I, I think we'd have to go back, and I, I know we've 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 talked about it um, in, in terms of where we've come down on individual projects. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, we, we'd have to go back and look at the language of those waivers. Um, you know, I, I think that um, in in almost every case, um, the, the applicant has been satisfied with um, with the waivers and conditions relative to um, relative to conservation commission. So I, I think you know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's look at how we've handled it in previous decisions. Um, but, you know, regardless of any of that, um, there's still an obligation under the State Wetland Protection Act for um, the CONCOM to weigh in on, on work that goes on on the 100-foot buffer. Mr. Chair, if I could add something just briefly, just keep in mind that the local CONCOM does, isn't, is no longer the permit granting authority under your local bylaw. So you, you'd be the permit granting authority. So some, some, sometimes it's a good idea to just to keep the review all in the CONCOM, you just leave the Wetlands Protection Act issues in their court and waive your responsibilities under local bylaw so you're not sort of sort of going down two parallel tracks. I think that's that's a good thought, Sean. Thank you. 
if I could, excuse me, Rob Salberti, if I could just add one more thing to it. Um, uh, we're not requesting a waiver for my benefit or the applicant. The town owns that land in the road. So the town is the, would be listed as the owner. We could, you know, there's discussions whether I would act as the applicant, but the town owns that work, that road, and there'd be, you know, we're just improving the road for the permit to do the work. Yeah, I don't think that matters. But I, I, I think um, I think Sean's recommendation was a good one, and I think that's exactly what we did at um, Brushell Road. But I mean, on Blue Hill Avenue. But <coughs> I think the, the the point is is that the work in the road is part of the project. That's the point, right? Yeah, that's why we're looking to an RDA versus uh, you know an ANRAD, NOI, all that stuff to avoid that. But, I, I think that's just a matter for the CONCOM. Right. I will, I, I'll, I'll, oops, sorry, Deb. I, I, I was just, I, I was just, I, Oh, I'm sorry, Stephanie. I, I'm, you're, you didn't come up to you. I, I just really quick want to say I'll I'll talk to Judy and and we'll kind of go through the the waivers and the conditions from previous decisions and kind of come up with um, what the typical kind of best practice that the board has been using has been. Um, and I can get that information to you all um, in relatively short order. <laughs> Right. And if I can just uh, just chime in on, I think that the the requested waiver, just to be clear, is it absolutely is not seeking a waiver under the state WPA because obviously the board can't do that. Um, and it was more towards just seeking a waiver for work as regulated under the local bylaw. And as as Deb suggested, it was that 25 foot. Um, but I'm kind of stepping into this. So if you want to have a fuller discussion on this, you know, once Judy, you have a conversation with Judy and then at the next hearing, um, we can do that well, as well, but just to, just to clarify, it's yeah, it's not seeking a waiver under the state act, but um, I think primarily targeted towards that twenty five foot uh, no build, seeking just a, a minor waiver to allow the work for the access road to shown on the plans. That sounds like what we've done in the past, and doesn't seem to be reasonable from my perspective. Doesn't seem to be unreasonable from my perspective. I, I tend to agree. Um, I mean, that's versus saying it's not necessary. I mean, still got to go to the CONCOM, I think, and address these, those other issues. But to, to, to the extent that we can do something consistent with the plants that we've seen, that seems like a reasonable request. All right, so maybe we'll... we'll we should table further discussion of this until we get to the, either the waivers or more likely after receiving something from Tim. Um, Mr. Mullen, any further comments, questions? No, no, thank you. Mr. Gray? No, thank you. Sean, I, I should have probably have gone to you first, but um, do you want to go through either the presentation from Ms. Keller or, or Tetratex comments uh, that we received this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, my comments are pretty straightforward. They've addressed literally every comment that I've had so far. The, the only really outstanding item was just, you know, I 
recommended a condition to clarify sort of when the access road improvements would be done relative to the other work. Um, so they did add a note to the plan about the base course being constructed, but didn't speak to when the when the binder course would be installed and things like that. So what I recommended was a condition that said prior to the start of construction on the building that they at least have that access road up to binder so that emergency access can be maintained relatively easily and that prior to occupancy that the work of the access road be completed. Okay. That's a little bit, um, so Sean, did you take a look at our um, construction sequencing? I, I did. All I yes. saw was a note on there on about installation of the access road base course and that that was it. Well, it tells you about all utilities and stuff. But, but but again, I'm 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 speaking specifically to the construction completion of yeah. construction of the access road. Yeah, so we wouldn't commence. You would do the building first, get the foundation in, leave the access road as is, then you bring in your utilities and do the binder. So the building would be first. My my concern there is is that you've got a stick frame building that's pretty big, and if you're not going to have a binder course down, emergency vehicles have no way to get there. So. You know, typically what we'd see before timber construction starts, you'd have at least binder course put down. Well, there's an existing road right now. We're not going to disturb that. But it, the existing, it's how wide is it? Is it does it provide? It's twenty feet access? plus. Yeah, sure. It's got the double gate. Yeah, you are not, you're not going to bring in your road first and build your building. We're going to do, as I indicated on the sequences. That's normal sequencing to building your building. You're going to put your foundation in start framing, and after you start framing, get weather tight, then we start bringing the utilities up the access road. After we put all your utilities in the access road, rough grade, put the binder in, and then we top it. So when you say base course, you talk, do you mean binder, not gravel base? What, say that again? So item, item number eight, the only thing that speaks to the construction of the road is, it says rough grade and install gravel base for access road. So item number eight is the only thing that speaks to construction of the access road. And my concern is I want to make sure that the fire department and first responders can get to and from your construction before you start erecting timber frame. Yeah, and then you, we do. You have the access road to do that. So I think the point, of, though, is that, and Sean, this is a good point, is that we, we understand from the plan submitted that once the building is constructed, the access road will be sufficient for emergency response. What we don't have in the plans is any evidence that that's the case right now on the access road prior to or during construction. Is that right, Sean? Correct. So I'm, I'm envisioning a, a, a gravel access road when you're erecting your, your timber. No, no, no. It's, it's, so right now it's paved right now. The existing condition is paved. I think if I, I, I can maybe, you know, um, one thing that as we're talking about this, that I kind of, um, Sean, Rob is right that the, there, there is pavement on the access road. I think, I think the question becomes getting from the access road to the site, that access currently doesn't exist. And so, you know, there's an element of the driveway that's not the access road, but is the connection between the access road and the garage and the parking lot that would need to be, I think, built before 
you know, uh, the, the frame of the building went up because, um, you know, we can talk to Chief Madden about, you know, the sufficiency of the access roads existing condition for for fire vehicles to get up and down. Um, I don't want to speculate as to what he would say about that. Um, but, you know, getting into the site, there currently is no access to the site from the access road. So that would need to be built in some way, um, you know, even if, you know, it's determined that the access road is sufficient for fire access. Right, including turning radiuses and width and all the other things that go along with that. Basically, you'd be constructing the subdivision road to binder up to your gravel access drive, up to your construction entrance. Rob, what's your concern about about having it done to binder before starting? Your foundation is fine, no, right? It's just means and methods. It's, you don't, you, you know, it's just like, you, you know, I mean, you, you know how, uh, construction works. You're going to clear the site. You're going to rough grade the site. You're going to put your foundation in. We're going to, uh, you know, while the, while the building's erected, we're going to do our site cuts, put our, you know, drainages on site. That existing access road will remain as is. So for whatever emergency egresses and all the traffic that's used right now and it's used for emergency, the fire trucks go up there now, they will be able to do maintain that. After we get our front, you know, building in and we get a weather tight, then we'll start bringing in our utilities. That's industry standing how to, how to do stuff. You don't want to bring celebrity. I don't, I don't think you're hearing us here, and I'm, I'm very sorry to cut you off, but yeah. that's not the current condition of the access road because there needs to be a driveway that gets up to the building site from the access road, right? Right now, it's grass and trees. Is the, so if you look at the access road where we have our temporary entrance, you're saying you want a, dry, a temporary driveway from that point to the building, right? I think I, want, I think I want what the fire chief wants, but I think I anticipate that that's what he would want. Yeah, and we'll provide, typically for construction sites, you provide a temporary driveway from the building to the access road. I'm, I'm sorry to confuse things. So, so I'm, I'm just... Comparing this to a typical subdivision, right? Under a typical subdivision, before you issue building permits, usually you want binder, right? And that's principally to, to provide emergency access during construction. So this building is going to be sprinklered, right? But it's not going to be sprinklered during construction. So the biggest have a risk- a temporary fire alarm. The fire department requires a temporary fire alarm system. But if, this, if there's a fire, the, the fire department needs to be able to get up there reliably. To me, it's logical to construct the access road up to binder course, leave the curb out, leave the sidewalks out, leave the other stuff out, but construct the access road up to binder course so that you have a, a convenient way of accessing for both your, your construction workers and the emergency responders that need to get to the site if they need to get to the site. And, and I'm, I, I was under the impression that the, the existing access road is like Michael describes, which is pretty rugged and not at all suitable for emergency access. That's going to delay the project drastically. Just take things. It's going to take things. You know, it's going to take much longer to, to construct the building. That's all. So you understand. <laughs> this is not a typical subdivision. I mean, this is only one building. On I, I understand. You know? It's yeah. just drawing a, drawing a parallel. So, yeah. so, so the issue is right. the issue that that you just need to. It, if, if that's the requirement, we got to work around it. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. If that if that's a requirement by the fire department or by the board, then we'll have to work around it. But that's going to take much longer to execute this whole building process. 
So I, I can, uh, Mike, if, if, if the board is interested, I can, I can get some additional comments from, from chief Madden as to this construction sequencing. Um, you know, I, I definitely understand Sean's point. Um, I also understand Rob's point. Um, but I, I think the fundamental issue here is, you know, we need to be able to get emergency access. Is the proposal sufficient or, or is it not? Um, you know, we can definitely get chief Madden's input on that. Um, you know, prior to the next hearing and kind of put a button um, on this issue. Okay, I think that's that's reasonable. I don't suppose that Chief Madden would be willing to attend the next meeting and settle the dispute. Uh, his schedule uh, seems to be pretty pretty busy. Yeah, if he's available, he's always amenable to 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 come and, and testify. It's just his, his availability is, is, is not always as, as much as, as mine, for instance. Um, but we can, um, you know, depending on when we schedule that, I can put that on his radar and um, either get him in here or, or get some kind of definitive uh, written testimony. Okay, thanks, Tim. Um, okay, uh, any other comments from the board members or Mr. Reardon or anybody else? Who is a participant here? None for me. Crystal, are there any hands raised or is there anybody in the um, in the audience who would like to be heard? No, there's not. Okay. All right. So, I mean, at this point, I'll ask my board members, I mm -hmm. think it's appropriate now to, well, what I was going to suggest was that we, consider closing evidence and holding public holding a public discussion but is what we're waiting to hear from chief madden considered evidence and do we want to wait until that's done before we proceed we should wait it's important yeah yeah, yeah I agree. it's going to take a lot more time it's a cost issue etc i i think it's important and i think we should get it right Absolutely. So I would recommend holding it open and hear from him and then close it. But I also think we should go through the waiver list. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and we, we can do that. Mike, one more thing. And I, I don't I don't want to speak for um, for, for Stephanie or Rob or, or Peter in, in absentia. Um, but I, I think Peter was interested in at least having one session of the public hearing to to review a draft decision, um, you know, in case there were conditions that needed to be negotiated in an open session rather than during the deliberation period where, where the applicant wouldn't have any input. So a um, little bit of a moot point because um, I think we're going to be continuing the hearing anyway, and we should be able to get a, a draft decision in time. But I, I do think that that was um, Mr. Freeman's intention. I think that's a good idea too. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So I think the only thing remaining for tonight is to go through the waivers and then schedule the next, the next hearing. Um, so I have them up in front of me. Um, we can go through them one by one. Um, can somebody put them on the screen? Is that possible? And I will, um, pop that up unless Stephanie, you have it available. And, uh, actually, I think you may, I'm not certain that I have the submitted version. Oh. So if you have okay. it, that would be super. Thank you. Mm 
go. I believe this is the most current list that I have. So um, um, it's not um, accurate. The I think the updated version is dated March 13th on the. Okay. Setting. That's, that's what I have here. So hopefully this is uh, the correct one. Um, I can, can you guys, oh, sorry, I got to hit share. My apologies. There we go. And scroll down. I guess that's a summary. So should we start with just section A? Uh, yeah, let's start with section A. Um, and how do we want to do this? Do we, Steph, do you want to take us through these or... I don't, sure. to, yeah. I don't want to presume just, that we've all read these this too closely. Of course. Uh, yeah, I will walk through them. And if, I, uh, if you have any questions relative to any specific one, just let me know and I will uh, pause and, and work through it. So um, the first one is under Section 3, the Use Regulation A. And uh, what it, it's, it's kind of a standard one that we're requesting a waiver from section 3A, um, which provides otherwise that no building or land shall be used and no building shall be erected, which is intended or designed to be used, except for use listed in section 3A. Um, so basically, he, he, we're requesting this waiver because the project isn't going to comply stri strictly with the uses under the zoning bylaw, but it would be allowed for the special, um, for the comprehensive permit, pardon me. Um, so it's it will be in accordance with the bylaw, but, you know, as waived by the comprehensive permit. So um, it's kind of a catch-all that you often see in the zoning bylaws. Hmm. I, I don't have any questions or comments about this. Um, no questions. No. Okay. Uh, the second one uh, is under Section 4A for earth removal. Um, here we're seeking a waiver um, under the earth removal provisions um, um, because it provides that it, um, uh, it complies with it, except to the extent that such permit is not required under section 5A, um, which allows for earth removal in connection with foundation. So in the event that one doesn't need it because there's an exception under 5A, um, because it's in connection with a foundation or construction for a building permit that's been issued. So to the extent that an earth removal, um, special permit be required or remote permit be required. Um, it's more of a procedural waiver because the board here is acting as the comprehensive permitting authority. Um, so th these waiver lists, as, as you probably have seen before, they tend to be a mixture of procedural waivers and substantive waivers. So I'll try to kind of flag where it seems like something more of a procedural waiver. So I, I think that, that falls into the procedural waiver. Um, the third one, height regulations. Um, this is under section five. Uh, A1 and A2, the structure is going to be 42 feet in height. Um, and then the front elevation would be at 52 feet, seven inches. Rear elevation is at 35 feet in height. And uh, the, the total stories would be four stories versus the bylaw, which has it as 35 feet in height, two and a half stories. So we're 
asking for that one and a half story waiver, as well as the height elevation, seven waivers with the elevations as, as set forth in the waiver request. But are there any questions regard to that? You need Deb to pull up the plans, she can. I don't have any questions. No questions. I, I need to make a comment on that. We need to flip that around. I'm sorry, Rob, what'd you say? We need to flip that around. Oh. Rob, when you turn your head, we can't hear you. I think you're saying something, but. Front elevation, the building is 42 feet, and the rear elevation is 52 feet. So we just have to flip that wording around. So, Rob, we, I think what you're going in and out on us, and we can't hear you. And I think it's because you're when you when you turn your head to look at your computer screen, we lose you. We lose your audio. Sure, I I think the wording needs to be flipped around. The front elevation is 42 feet, and the rear is 52. Yeah, how are building height defined under the bylaw? My understanding, the building height, they they would uh, split this uh, because you have the, uh, I would consider the building a, sort of like a walkout, right? Because you've got a garage level and then you have a first floor level. So you would have to calculate that all the way around the building. Right. Um, so so I'm, I'm just not used to building height being measured differently along one phase as, of an, uh, as opposed to another. So I'm curious, usually the definition is pretty explicit on how building height is measured. And I would suggest that's the way your relief be articulated. Right. So the, the way the, the, the town of Milton does it is an average grade. So that's why we define the exact heights here. So they take an average grade but the building commissioner will ultimately determine. So that's why we specified the different heights. Okay, but, but again, the different heights don't speak to the definition that's under the bylaw. The bylaw says, as measured from average grade, that, that's the number you should be asking for. Okay, what we can do is we can revise the wording of that, um, but, but Rob's correct, I'm sorry, I did misspeak, so. Just to explain to the board, so that when they're looking at the, it's 42 feet from the front elevation, then um, 52 feet, seven inches at, at the rear elevation. But we can provide you um, what it would be on the on the average grade um, under the definition. Um, but likewise, it's uh, uh, the bylaw provides it to be 35 feet and two and a half feet. So we have four stories, and we can give you that corrected. We can revise the waiver list to include that to make things easier for the board. Okay, that, that would be good. Sure. Should I proceed on to the next one or? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Uh, the next one, waiver four, is relative to frontage. Um, under section 6A1, frontage is uh, 100 feet and the um, the frontage for the project is 90 feet. So we're asking for a waiver of 10 feet frontage. 
think it would be helpful if that specified that <clears throat> it's the frontage on Randolph. I assume that's what it is, you know, just given how this is all being, you know, just so there's no mistake in what we're talking about. Not right. That is Randolph, right? That is correct. Yeah. Thank, thank you. And we can make that adjustment. Uh, waiver five is relative to um, the area regulations, um, section um, 682, uh, that each dwelling unit have a minimum square footage and only one dwelling per lot. Um, and we're just asking for a waiver for that, uh, consistent with the uh, project plans that would be to be approved. The next uh, waiver, waiver number six, is relative to side yards. Um, the under section 6C1, um, the side yards were asking for a waiver to allow them to be 12.1 uh, feet um, from the lot line as opposed to uh, 12 feet or 25 feet um, as applicable under the uh, yard requirements. And then the seventh waiver request um, is also a yard requirement. This one rear yard under 6D1, um, the, under the bylaw, it's a 30 foot setback. We're seeking a waiver to allow for 8.7 feet from the rear lot line. Waiver number eight is under section 6E3, building coverage and floor space. Um, there we're seeking that the gross floor area of the building um, be waived um, under the bylaw. It's not to exceed 40% of the total lot area or 5,000 square feet, the greater of either of those. The next waiver, uh, waiver number nine is open space um, under <clears throat> 6F3 is a 50% open space requirement. And we're slightly- I, Sorry, can I go back to number eight? Should that one specify the, the size you're looking for? rather than just saying we waive it in blank? Uh, we could provide you that information or if you just want to have it revised just to say, um, as shown on the approved project plans. That's fine. That way it ties yes. you into that. Okay, okay, I like that. Okay. Thank you, sorry to interrupt. Uh, jumping back to number nine again, uh, section uh, 6F3, it's a 50% open space, um, and we have 48.5%, I believe. Mm. So no less than 50%. And uh, uh, the next waiver. Uh, Steph, waiver. If, I'm, if I, let me just jump in too. So <laughs> sorry if I'm being too um, persnickety about this, but should we also include the same language uh, referring to the approved plans on the side yard and rear yard uh, and area regulation requirements, five, six, and seven? Or yeah, we can do especially, that. Especially six and seven. Sure, we can include that in there. Okay, thank you. One second, just making notes. Okay. Um, 
So the next one is up to uh, 10, the parking regulations. <clears throat> uh, under section 7B, uh, it's, it's the requirement is two parking spaces per unit. And the parking spaces as shown in the plans um, has a ratio of 1.48. Um, and, and, act and actually, uh, that one does reference as, as shown on the plan. So, um, <laughs> perfect. Uh, uh, waiver number nine um, is also a parking under the parking regulation provisions, but it's section 7G as opposed to 7B. Um, and 7G requires a 24 foot side setback for parking areas with 20 or more parking spaces. Um, we're requesting a waiver of that side setback um, to allow it to be uh, a setback of eight feet, nine in, or 8.9 feet from the side yard setback. And again, we can, if you want the language as shown on the project plans, I'll include that. Thank you. Uh, if, I, if I could just ask, where is that 8.9 being measured from? Um, I think that's, I'm going to pull it up. And looking for, for it. So that was measured here from this corner to the parking. Uh, it's actually to the back of the sidewalk. So this was the 8.9 feet that I was measuring. Okay. Assuming that sidewalk was part of the parking area. So I I looked at it that way. That is the closest uh, property line. Deb, is there is there a similar requirement for rear lot line? The reason I'm asking is because you have underground parking 8.7 feet from the rear lot. So I just didn't know if you'd need some more relief there. I didn't see that, but I'll double check that to make sure. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Sorry, let me, uh, I was making a note. Let me get rid of this one. Should get you back. Yeah, we can check it out. Typically, they're surface parking spaces. But we'll confirm that. Thank you for the, raising that. Um, moving on to waiver number 12, occupancy permits. Um, here, we're seeking a waiver from the requirement of an occupancy permit um, under the uh, section. <laughs> 8C, it, what it says is that the building commissioner um, can't issue an, occup an occupancy permit uh, um, until uh, the commissioner certifies that the building of use conform to the bylaws. So the, the project will be conforming, but it'll be conforming to the comprehensive permit as opposed to the, um, the bylaws set forward. So um, uh, again, this one falls somewhere between a, a procedural and a substantive sort of waiver. Um, we're not asking for a waiver for occupancy permits, but that that it not conform with the town bylaws, but that it conform with the uh, comprehensive permit and its conditions. Uh, waiver request number Sorry, 13. I think, yeah, I think it would be helpful if it said that um, something to the effect of while the uh, project will still receive an occupancy permit, you know, just to be clear, I, I don't think, I think that's what you, you're saying, but it, it it's gonna it could raise a question as to whether or not you'd get one, but I, I know you're getting one. Right? Okay, sure, we we can clean that up to make it more yeah. clear. But yeah, just to, just to make sure no one's concerned that we're asking yes. for a waiver of occupancy yeah. permits. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
no worries. Um, waiver request number 13, uh, site plan approval. So this is under section 7D of the bylaw and, um, or pardon me, um, I think it's 8D. I think there's a typo on the heading there. Um, uh, that say this is one of those what I call procedural waivers. Um, and generally site plan approval is, is granted by uh, the planning board to allow for multifamily use. So it's a procedural waiver because this is a comprehensive permit. And so the board is standing in the shoes of all of the local boards. So um, procedural waiver. Um, and then uh, Deb kind of walked through where these areas were when she was showing you the plans, but the next set of waiver requests um, fall under subdivision rules and regs. So uh, the first one is under 6.1.12 6 dead end streets. Um, the subdivision rules and regs have a, uh, a li limit on the length of dead end streets of 500 feet with a cul-de-sac of a 50 foot radius. And the project's access road, um, the, er, the length of that is 741 feet. And um, at the end of it, it's a, uh, it's not a cul-de-sac, but it's a 50 foot turnaround. So if the, if the board wants to see that pulled up again, um, let us know and we'll pull the plan up. Um, I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, and the, the next one, again, I think Deb covered this pretty well, but under 6.1.14 with the um, the road grave on a curve um, under the subdivision rules and regs, it's 6%. And uh, we're, we have 7.6%. And I believe, Deb, you said that, that was for a stretch of about 150 feet. Approximately, yes. Yeah. Um, Tim, on that one, I mean, I know there's a road there now and you're trying to respect the road, but I assume that that's not an issue for any town officials. Is that correct? That grade? Or, or maybe that's something that you can just confirm or somebody can confirm to us at the next hearing. Yeah, I can I, I can check in on that. I mean, it, it's tough with an existing roadway. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Moving on to the uh, the street trees, uh, 7.4.6.3, we're seeking a waiver to um, the street trees on the on the southerly side of the access road there. Um, and then lastly, uh, what we talked about previously is the, the pipe cover minimum of three feet under section 8.2 of the subdivision rules and regs. Um, we have about two and a half feet um, and that's so that doesn't have to extend out too far into the town property as, as Deb had walked us through earlier this evening. Um, moving on, and, and maybe we just want to put a, a slight note on this one. This is the, uh, the Milton bylaw rules and regulations. And as I had stated before, this isn't seeking a waiver from the Wetlands Protection Act, which, um, which is necessary to be sought, but it's more seeking a waiver under the uh, the local bylaw and regulations um, for that access road. And um, I think specifically this relates to the 25 foot um, no cut or no disturb portion under the local bylaws, not under the state act. Um, I think that should also be revised. And Tim, maybe you could help on this one with how the CONCOM wants to proceed regarding the point that the applicant made. 
um, about whether the, you know, perhaps the town will be the, the formal owner, but it would, you should probably read as to how that procedure is actually going to work, you know? Okay. Yeah. I'll get in touch with the chair about that. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something that, that, that Mr. Freeman and I have discussed and, you know, we'll need to kind of coordinate very closely on that. Um, but I think, um, you know, the preference of the, the CONCOM should probably lead the way there. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And moving on from there, um, we've moved away from uh, the wetlands bylaws just to the general bylaws under uh, chapter six of the general bylaws um, within chapter six, section 30 regarding utility poles. So um, the requirement as presently stated uh, requires that no utility company shall install or construct any poles overhead wires, associated uh, overhead structures upon, along, or across any public way within the town of Milton, um, and or that the board find that such installation is allowed under the section because the project proposes to utilize existing poles along the access road. Um, we're just seeking um, a waiver of that in, in that this board, through the comprehensive permit, um, procedurally um, uh, approve that. Um, the next section, section 33. Uh, we just add, I'm not sure uh, I understand that. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, I, you know, I was going to say, I, you know, I, I'm sure that's in the plan somewhere, but I don't know if we've gotten any comment from the police commissioner or anybody else on it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just a little hesitant to waive that. Um, if I might, Deb Keller, uh, just to show you, I, I believe this one is, I get to the utility plan here. Um, there are currently existing utility poles that uh, follow along the southerly side of the access road. So we were looking to utilize those poles to provide um, electrical services and overhead, um, uh, overhead wires up to until we get to our property and then they would be underground across the access road into the into the project but from randolph ave up the access road we'd like to utilize the existing utility poles that are within the, uh, the access road uh, right of way so if you're using existing utility poles then why would you need the waiver um be I think here because it says that you can't install poles have overhead wires or have overhead, overhead wires. wires. Right. So it's somewhat repurposing or reusing existing ins installed poles. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the next one, section 33, relative to curb cuts and street openings. Here, um, we're seeking a waiver from the requirement of Section 33 um, that they that that the curb openings and street cuts or street openings and curb cuts um, are approved by the uh, the selectman um, and that the board grants it as part of it. So again, this is um, a procedural waiver um, included within the board's you know comprehensive um, authority. Are there any? Uh, I, I believe that. Um, well, to the extent that the access road... It's not a street, though. Yeah. 
Okay. So if that's if, if that's not considered a street, then um, even though the town owns it, we can we can remove it. But I think it was put in there just kind of as a belt and suspenders, yeah. um, because it is a publicly owned way right now, or publicly owned access road. Is 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 this the waiver that we contend with all the time, where um, uh, Chase Berkeley, the director of DPW, has kind of expressed um, an interest in. Um, you know, still reviewing from a substantive perspective, um, you know, what the, um, the, 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 the sort of the entry into the, the public, it's not a, it's not, it's not a way, but into the public kind of driveway, um, but, but just waiving the requirement to get a permit to do that. Um, so there would still be a sort of a, a, a technical review of, um, of what's going on. I, I think that's been consistent across our, our waivers and conditions across these, um, where the necessity of getting the permit is waived, but the actual, you know, review at the staff level uh, remains. I think in the in the past we've definitely done that, but I don't see any local roads here, Tim, in any anywhere in this. I mean, um, you could you could state that um, the DPW director shall approve any openings in local roads, but I don't think there are any. That's all. The other so problem. so 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 maybe 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 this doesn't operate as as a as a waiver and and maybe it kind of moves into a condition yeah. where there's something yeah. that says you know just like you said Mr Mullen you know DPW because I mean if if you're going to be breaking into the town kind of access road to put utilities in we're going to want to have DPW you know keeping their eye on that I think that's that's exactly right that'd be good you know so maybe the question to the applicant is whether or not they would accept a condition that the DPW director would approve. You know the work to be all of the work to be done on the access road, something to that effect. Uh, sometimes you often see the language uh, that they review um, for um, consistency with the board's decision. So it's yeah, um, yeah, and, and I'm sure that Judy's uh, somewhat versed in giving that kind of language um, because you don't want to have a, a, an additional permit um, because that yeah. kind of flies in the face of 30 40 feet. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. As long as it's, you know, limits changes, you know, I've been on many projects where, you know, the DPW water department to say, Oh, we don't want a six inch water main or 12 or we want to increase, you know, we, we can't really have that. I think what we're asking for is that the DPW director have an opportunity to take a look to make sure it conforms to the plans. Can we have them look at it before we have a decision. Why can't you take a look at it now? Send them over the plans. I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, but I, I, you know, that, that's for the board to discuss, I guess, during the. Um, um, but Mr. Well, there, there, the town has right of way regulations, which apply to non-public ways as well. It has water and sewer regulations that they haven't asked for relief from. So there's still a, quite okay. a bit of, of regulation that, that, mandates compliance. Okay, thank you. Do you want me to move on to the next set or, or is there still discussion on section 33s? I think we can move on. Okay, very good. Um, moving on to uh, 
uh, water connections and fees um, under um, uh, heading E, um, the applicant seeking uh, the board to grant uh, any and all water connections for the project, um, um, noting that it will comply with the technical specifications and standards for the connections. Um, and then the other part of that is um, seeking a waiver of the fees, the water connection fees that are applicable. Why would we be waiving the fees? Why, <laughs> right. I'm not quite certain what the board's um, practice has been on prior projects. However, um, sometimes in recognition of 40B, they um, boards grant fees relative waivers relative to the affordable units. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can do that. Yeah, Emily, <clears throat> I'm curious whether the board actually has the authority to grant those connections because most of those connections are part of state permit obligations that the utility has for providing water and sewer that may require their director to, to issue those permits. So you know, I, I don't know, Tim, you might want to look at that, but I don't know if the board has the authority to grant those, those connections because you know, they're administered by state programs, basically. Well, one other thing I want to just discuss, and these utilities in the future, yeah, there's other project up the road on the access road. There's, um, you know, the assisted living, which actually has rights to this easement as well. You know, the other, you know, obviously the animal shelter. But they're going to benefit from these utilities for the water mains. I'd like those, at least those, to be waived. Those connections. I, I, I just, I just don't understand why. Um, yeah, I don't understand. They're, they're fees and they're not subject to the comprehensive permit. We're talking, I'm talking about the water main and sewer main on the access road. We make that connection. Not the services, but the the mains. I, I don't. I just don't think that it's within our jurisdiction to waive those fees. We, we can we, we can go back again and and review you know whether or not this has been a requested or, or a granted waiver in the previous decisions um just to make sure that the board's being consistent here um I, I don't have a recollection of that um but but I think we can definitely double check and, and see if that's been done um and and you know again this has been a practice through you know six or seven of these decisions um so you know we might as well stick with it. Um, so I, I, I can do a review of that and get back to the board before the next hearing. Tim, I hear another request on the table, and, and that is the applicant asking for relief of the pro rata share of the cost of the water main to the extent it's going to be shared with others. I think that's the that's an additional request that's not in this waiver. I think that's what he said. Is that what you said, sir? No, no. I was just talking about the fees associated with the water main and the sewer main connection fees. Right, but what was the, I didn't understand the point that you were making then about the animal shelter. Well, in the future, they're able to tie into this and extend this road. So they're able to tie into this road, into the water main, the water and sewer main, and they're going to be able to utilize it. Right, so but how does doesn't that make sense? Doesn't make sense, excuse me, doesn't make sense to, me to 
you know, to pay for the entire fee for the connection fee when there's other entities that's going to be to benefit from it. I'll, I'll have to double check on the latest engineering plans for the animal shelter. Um, it's, it's not my recollection that we're going to be tying into water from or, or sewer from, from the access road. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll double check on that. Um, I, I don't have it at my fingertips. And then, you know, again, re relative to the, the, the zoned assisted living facility, um, you know, there's no, I don't have any knowledge of, of, of a project, you know, being proposed there. Um, we have zoning for it, but there's never been an application. Um, so, you know, definitely understand the point that, that, you know, there's the potential for, for certain future developments up that access road. Um, you know, but, but there's really nothing imminent. Um, and, and I can, I can double check on, on where the animal shelter, um, you know, utilities are coming in. And again, I can get that information back to the board prior to the next <laughs> hearing. Okay. Thanks, Tim. And, and just to loop back on this, that it's, it's basically the same, um, discussion that we're having for the municipal sewer connections and fees. So um, going to the next one. So um, if, if Tim wants to check into that, we can continue that discussion on kind of that pair of those, the next hearing. Yeah, I think let's get as much information as we can um, from Tim and, you know, that'll be a further discussion next time. And Mr. Chair, if I could add, it would, it would help if they could specify the fees that they're looking to waive because as Rob describes, I believe he's describing a, you know, a, a range of possible fees, whether it's a tapping fee, whether it's a inspection fee. Typically we talk about just connection fees, which is the, the cost to connect a unit to the sewer system. I think Rob is speaking of a whole range of fees and the language here says all applicable sewer connection fees. That's a pretty broad category. So I, I'd suggest that they identify the specific fee that they wanna waive. Yeah, I agree. And and where the fee comes from and who's charging the fee and as much information as we can get on those. Right. Because some of those fees may not be within your purview to waive. Right. Right. So so there's, you know, obviously there's building, there's building service fees, and then there's what there's the main fees. There's, there's all there's all different types of fees and uh, associated with putting on this project. So well, the more specificity you can give us about them, then you know, we need to know, we need to know what we're talking about. Okay. We can do that. <clears throat> On the waiver list, the last one is um, subdivision rules and regs as to project locus. Um, again, this, this isn't a subdivision, but um, to the extent that it's, you know, deemed a parallel, um, we're reserving our right and seeking any waivers under the subdivision standards, which should not apply. This is not a, it's not a subdivision. Um, this is somewhat of a, a, a catch-all kitchen sink um, to the extent that the board um, would seek to look to the subdivision rules and regs. If okay. we're not, though, I don't really feel like granting a waiver that we don't need. Yeah, I, th I think we no comment on this one. Okay. I think that's the end. Yeah, right. that's well done, Steph. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's our last order of business tonight. Am I correct? Am I incorrect? 
Okay. Um, Crystal, I think we need to start a discussion about the scheduling of our next hearing. So, Mike, real quick, I, I touched base with Julie, uh, Judy, Julie. Uh, we all know Judy. Her name is Judy. It's not Julie. Um, uh, earlier, earlier this evening, um, she said um, two weeks tops um, to get a draft. So I think looking at a three week window is probably appropriate just so everyone has that um, far enough advanced to, to review it and be able to comment on it. Um, so so that that's that's her time frame. OK, does that give, Tim, you have some homework here, too. Does that give you enough time to accomplish what you need to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So are we looking at the week of April 2nd? Yeah. So the, yeah, the first week of April. Um, that, that's not, that's not a good week for me, actually. Sorry. That's a terrible week. Hmm. The week between Palm Sunday and Easter. <laughs> I'm busy every night, practically. Okay, so what about um, the following week, the 10th? That's better. That week is open, so whatever works for you guys. Why don't we front load it as much as we can and make it Monday the 10th? Okay, um, at 7. At 7. Okay. Any objections? That works. Okay, great. Thank you, everybody. Good work tonight. Um, uh, okay, oh, sorry, Mike, Mike, real quick. Um, so I don't, I don't know when Patriots Day is. Uh, Patriots Day is a holiday in Milton. I don't know if that makes the a difference. The next week, seventeenth. Yeah, it's the fall, oh. the following week. Yep. I, I should have that in my brain just etched forever, but I guess I'm a bad Massachusettsian right now. I assumed that Crystal was all over that, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it is the following week. All right, that's good. So then the 10th it is. And may I ask just one question before you close the hearing this evening? Um, do you think then that there will be a draft circulated, uh, if I heard right, then maybe as early as the week of the first week in April the third. Um, Hopefully within two weeks of tonight, I think is okay. what we're, we're optimistically hoping for. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, if we're all done, no other comments, then we will close the hearing for tonight and reconvene on the 10th. Hey, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thanks a lot, Sean. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.